Alright, round two. Let's do it. I think that I love how simple things are. Yeah, you're some. That what, are you gonna call me simple? Yeah, I was, and then I realized that it didn't <laughs> Congratulations. You may now turn your tassels. You're listening. You're listening to the. Oh, if we say it at the same time. No, we can't do that. No, That's no, not we... You're listening to the Day After Graduation podcast from Longwood University. Welcome back to the Day After Graduation podcast. I'm Ryan Catherwood. In today's episode, Stay or Go, Part 2, we join up with Amelia Erickson and Michaela Hostetter, class of 2019, who are living and teaching in rural Alaska. The village of Quinnahawk has been their home since last summer. And in Part 1, they shared more about their town and some of the remarkable experiences they've had so far. What it's like to be so remote. There's a big decision to make, though, whether to stick around in Quinnahawk another year or to leave after this academic year is through. They're on a year-to-year contract and have the option to stay and continue teaching there if they wanted to do so. The day after graduation, teams send a microphone with some instructions for Michaela and Amelia to sit down and weigh the options together. The work has been tough, but definitely rewarding too. Teaching special education, shout out to all the SPED peeps, it's hard. And then when you come up here and there's no physical therapy, there's no occupational therapy, there's no speech therapy. I'm sorry, but I'm not an SLP. I don't know what I'm doing. And that stresses me out because it's my job to give these babes the best education that I can possibly deliver. And I like to go to bed knowing that I've done that. And so for me, and the fact that I have 25 kids on my caseload, so I, I have 25 kids that I'm responsible for making sure that they get all of these services, but I'm not qualified to deliver all of these services. So the specialists come out, they evaluate my kids, they write IEP goals and objectives and blah, 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 blah. But then when they leave, it's like, what do I do? So Google, that's what you do. You Google and you use deductive reasoning to figure out what the best way to get your goal accomplished what is the best way to get your goal accomplished? And then you take it from there. You do it. Also, that I'm really, I'm pretty resilient. Yeah. I feel like we've encountered a lot of things here that other people would, I mean, they have teachers quit in the middle of the year all the time. Yeah. Like, and we actually got asked, are you coming back after Christmas? And I'm like, of course I am. And they're like, are you sure? Because, like, our other teacher didn't. <laughs> yeah. And so... We're resilient. Like, we have been able to bounce back. We've been able to overcome. We've been flexible. Buzzword right there. Flexible. And that is something that it really tested us. This was, like, I feel like the partnership semester of Except teaching. times 10 and you live Times a art. million because now we're adults. My child read that book cover to cover without fighting me. He didn't punch me or throw anything. I was really shook. And it was a giant W in my book. And you better believe we celebrated. We turned all the lights off and played with flashlights. It was amazing. He deserved it. And then he read it again to his grandma. And I mean, that's just, it surprised me because it was a hard day. Where we are, it's not, it's really hard to get substitutes. There's not a lot of people that are qualified to work in the school. And so 
my one-on-one -on -one aide for this kid is also the boys high school basketball coach and they left today to go to regionals and so they flew to Bethel and it was just me and this kid there was nobody else and I was like now or never and we did it and that's amazing The kids who seem to be the problem kids really do are just so much deeper than you think so. and will oftentimes show you so much more love and maybe mm -hmm. it's not outright like oh my gosh I love you or let me hug you it's not like that at all actually but it's like hey instead of throwing a pencil at me maybe they said hey I don't want to talk to you and yep. that sounds crazy but as a yep. teacher that's a huge win it's you know it makes me feel good knowing that I have yeah. been able to show her how to manage her feelings to know like when I'm upset, I don't need to be physical. I don't need to spout off at the mouth. I can just say, hey, I don't want to talk or hey, I'm upset and that I'm going to respect that rather than throwing hands. That's not fun. <laughs> it is just the little things that really make you feel like you're doing something and it takes you by surprise. And it's one of those moments where you just sit back for a second and you think and you're like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yep. I'm exactly is, where I need to be. This is why I'm here. Like yeah. when you have a kid who constantly has behavior problems, but then he runs across the school to give you a sticky note from one of his other teachers that said, so-and-so had a great day today. And he is just beyond excitement to mm -hmm. share that with you, that he had a good day and he wants you to know, you know, that shows he cares. He cares what you think of him, and he wants you to know that he did good. And it's it's really... It's humbling. It is humbling, and it's humbling to know that you're a safe space for kids. It doesn't matter where you are. Wherever you are is that safe space. Yep. And that is something that is just monumental, to be able to provide that for a child who needs it. There's nothing that makes my day. Sometimes there's too many of them and I'm like, I'm sorry. This is not this <laughs> is not a therapist. I'm trying to teach. Um, but you know, when when one of my little ones comes in because they're so incredibly frustrated in class and the first thing they do is throw themselves on the floor and cry, and then they get it together and they eat a snack and they sit down and talk to me, I feel honored yeah. that they chose my classroom to have a meltdown. So then they could get themselves collected and tell me what was going on. One thing the ladies had to get used to was the different structures of families they were working with. When teaching in a close-knit community like this, it's never just about working with the kids. The parents and extended family are very much involved. There's nothing that makes your heart warmer than being in the store and one of your kids screaming your name and running up smack into you. Or being at a throw party and them coming through the crowd to show you all the candy okay. that they caught. Also, side note, throw parties are exactly what they sound like. I feel it like is, I need footnotes. It is a, it is a party <laughs> when someone either, maybe a baby is born or someone's birthday or a, a positive life event They happens. caught their first moose. Yeah, Flash killed it, but caught it. And they stand up on a porch or a deck and they might be doing home, like houseware things like Tupperware or soap or toilet paper or school supplies or anything, bowls, laundry baskets. We've had a lot of stuff thrown at us. And they literally call 
everybody in the village to come stand in front of their house. Wait a second. They what? call them over the VHF, which is like... What truckers use. Yeah, which is awesome. So that's another village communication system. That's how they communicate. That's one way. Like village-wide. Yeah. So everybody gets together, and they literally throw stuff off the balcony at people. And let me tell you, frying pans have been thrown uh, at yeah. people. And you got to stay away from the old women because they're the ones that will knock you out. They don't care. They, they don't care. They're in it to win it. They want the best stuff, and they're going to put you on the ground to get it. I have met some of the best people out here. Yeah. We were honestly... When we had our new teacher training in Bethel, it kind of gave us, they kind of scared us they because did. they really made it out to seem like, okay, you're going to be the, pretty much the new white people. And, um, you know, they're going to be really standoffish. And, and there are some people like that. There yeah. are. I had an incident at the airport that was just absolutely dehumanizing, but he didn't know me and I didn't know him. And I think he was intoxicated. It was PFD season. And I mean that's that, when they get their oil money. So that's a lot of people spend money on their alcohol. In case you didn't know. And and to be fair, because not everyone is like this, but this region is known. This area is known for alcohol abuse. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people talk about Alaskans and alcohol abuse, especially Native Alaskans and alcohol abuse, and it is there. However, everywhere has their issues. We all have our issues, and that's just something that they're dealing with up here. And so I don't want to categorize everybody into that small, teeny, tiny little avenue. Yeah. But that experience, it really changed me as a person. That experience is something that I actually cried about. And that's saying a lot, because she doesn't yeah. cry. The way the kids grow up here is very different, which, I mean, it's different the way kids grow up from East Coast to West Coast. Yeah. But, like, in this culture, it's really hard for us to figure out family trees because everybody is related some way or another. A lot of kids here are adopted, which means that it's not like downstate where it's like a whole bunch of paperwork and it's no. all of these different steps and blah, 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 blah. It's like maybe my sister has another girl coming and she already has three girls but i really want a girl so she'll give me the girl yeah and it's out of love yeah. and mutual respect and i mean that child is still going to be part of all, their whole family and even though like you know the mom of that kid the mom isn't really going to be her mom anymore like the child will literally like kids here have been adopted by grandmas aunts, aunts uncle uncles. and that's who they call mom yeah and it's really, like, it gives this community a bigger sense of family. And they know, like, almost all the kids, I would say, know that they're adopted yeah. and know who their birth moms are. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's not technically the mom to them. Like, their mom is the person who raised them and took care of them. Let's talk about grandmas and grandpas. Uppies. So, yeah, uppies or uppas. Yeah. They do not consider... And, like, their grandma's brothers and sisters to be their great aunts and uncles or their grandpas or whoever's. They consider them all to be grandmas and grandpas. Yeah. So their original grandma and grandpa and then all of their brothers and sisters are their grandma and grandpas. Which I think is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's way cool. To have that many. Because, <laughs> I mean, I know that I get spoiled. We get spoiled by grandmas and grandpas downstate. And they do, too, here, too. Yeah, Dad, 110%.
the door to this school is open. The community is welcome to come in. Like they for the come most and play part. basketball almost on a nightly basis, like the adults do of the community, and that's just. I mean, because there's not really many options of things to do around, especially when it gets this cold. And so basketball is a huge part of this culture. Like that is the villages sport. love basketball. I mean, that's that's cool. We're football fans, but it's I'm cool. a baseball fan. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, I don't know anything about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> the kids always come in and they're like, did you watch? And I'm like, no, I don't like basketball. <laughs> I like learning about a new culture. That's really cool. I enjoy their stories and like the folklore and how they make things and that kind of stuff. It's way neat. Yeah, they, we've learned so many cool stories and stuff. I, I don't know if all of them are stories. Yeah. <laughs> so I <laughs> thought I'd throw in a stuff. Right now it is so cold. And, really cold. If, and if you stop moving, it's really, 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 really cold. So like when we go outside, we're constantly doing things and it's harder to just take it in because you're on the move because if you stop, you might freeze, literally. <laughs> The last year has been an adventure. Amelia and Michaela paint a vivid picture of what life is like for them in Quinnahawk. Incredible memories and an incredible experience. So what's the decision, stay or go? For anyone that's about to go teach or any other job and they have an awesome opportunity that is presented to them, you better take it or you're gonna regret it for the rest of your life. Don't be a chicken. Don't nope. be a chicken because I was I had to close to being talk a her into this for like what was it like two, two and a half weeks? Yeah. Of constant like, no, we gotta do it. We're gonna do it. You wanna have cool stories to tell your grandkids. Oh, you're not gonna do it? Yes, you are. Pretty much. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, like honestly the biggest part of making this decision for both of us, correct me if I'm wrong, Meals, is that we even though we're grown and mature, we really like each other and we wanted to live together and work together for one more year and... Yeah, she's all right. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we are an unlikely pair. We do, it's really hard to find good friends and you only find a really good friend maybe three to four times in your life. Yeah, um, especially one that you still are friends with even after you live with them. In Bush, Alaska and you're stuck together all the time? Yeah, like even when you wanna escape, like you can't. You yeah. act, you physically can't leave. <laughs> so I think that was also another big reason. In yes, life. absolutely, and I, when are we ever gonna have the chance a lot of people don't have the chance to take an adventure with their best friend. Yeah. So do it if you and get, get the opportunity. For it. Yeah, and make and I mean just absolutely change your viewpoint on the world. But if you have an opportunity to expand your viewpoints, to grow as a human being and to do it with your best friend, you would just be daft to not do it. And I was my granny uses it a lot. I was gonna say stupid. But. <laughs> The big question. So this was a really hard decision to make. I couldn't sleep over it some nights. There was probably like a month period where I was just stressed out because I needed to figure out what my next move was gonna be. There were a lot of things that I wanted to do like outdoorsy wise that I didn't get to do. And then it also was like a reality slap in the face that Alaska is ginormous and we moved to the tundra and that's not the place to do all these types of things. 
It's here, but dang, you gotta travel to do it. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things I didn't get to do. And then I also knew that the second year of teaching in a place like this is the year that you make the most progress or you make a lot more progress. And so when I set up my systems this year, I revamped the entire classroom. I just made organizational system after organizational system and figured out how to work with so many aides and so many kids. And like, I got it all down pat and not coming back for year two, kind of flushed that down the toilet. Oh, you're not coming back. I am not coming back for year two because most important is yourself. You can't throw yourself away on a cause that you, I mean, I believe in this cause 110%, but if I stayed for another year, I think I'd be miserable. I love the people. I do not love living in the tundra. I am an outside person. It makes me happy. It makes my world go round. And I want to be able to go outside and I want to be able to have a garden and I want to be able to go to the farmer's market and go to a flea market and go antiquing. And I like those types of things and you can't do it here. Sadly, I also am not coming back. It was hard for us. It was really difficult, but I will say ultimately that even knowing what I know now, the hardships, the good, the bad, the ugly, I would never change my decision of coming here. I think this is one of the best choices I've made in my life. Actually, it was coming here. But with that being said, I think that as a person and as a teacher, I think I would burn out very quickly here mm-hmm. because it it really is. It's a lot. You know, you are not just a teacher. You are a friend, a mom, a sister, Which... a, a caretaker, a nurse. You are everything to some of these kids. And it, you know, it's, it's draining. It's, and it's, but there's nothing to re- refill your cup. Yeah. That's the thing. You can't really get replenished, at least not sustainably. Like no. you, It's not consistent. No, there's not enough. It's almost like it's not meeting our needs as people. Yeah. Because we did grow up in a totally different lifestyle with more stimulants. That's the easiest way to put it, I yeah. feel like. And like I said, while this has been one of the best things I've ever done, and I will forever like be so thankful and blessed that I had the opportunity to do this. I'm okay that I'm not coming back. And I, I don't feel bad that I'm not coming back. I feel like I came here. I did what I set out to do, taught my kids. I made an impact on them and myself and I'm okay with going home or maybe not home, maybe somewhere near home, but I'm okay with going back to lower 48 and continuing my teaching journey there. I'm still making peace with it. Yeah, I think I know for you meals, it was, I mean, it was definitely hard for me too, but I think it was harder on you because you really had this mindset before we even came out here. Like I'm going to be here for like at least a couple of years. Yeah. And for me, I didn't know. I was just coming and seeing what happened. I was really determined to do at least two years here. I don't, I don't know if I, it would make me bitter about teaching, I just think I would burn out. Yep. I really do. I think that I would burn out and there's no way to pace yourself here. When I first got here, I had set out to conquer the world. I'm not even going to lie about it. It was like turned all the way up to 10 every single day. I was putting my heart and soul into every single thing that I was doing. And my principal came to me and was like, you cannot do this. 
you will burn out. You will burn out. And she was like, you need to pick one thing to really conquer this year. Because I did not want to let these kids down. I wanted to make sure that they were getting the best reading, the best math, the best social skills, the best speech, the best OT, the best PT, the best everything that I could possibly give them. And it's not sustainable. Mm-mm. It's not. And not even close to being sustainable. So with that all being said, we're not coming back. And it's okay. It is okay. It's okay. Because we're still going to make a difference. That's what I have to tell myself. (laughs) There are needy kids everywhere. (laughs) We are super happy to have had this opportunity. Thank you, Longwood, for caring about our lives and wanting to hear about them. And we we hope that we can inspire somebody else. To do something Take cool. your best friend and go do something crazy because you're only young once. And if you are listening to this podcast, you're probably going to Longwood or have graduated from Longwood, which means you got an awesome education. And you don't realize the impact that that has until you get out and use it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for caring. And we hope you have a great day. Yeah. If you want to learn more about Quinnahawk and Amelia and Michaela's experience, visit longwood.edu slash alumni. Look for the day after graduation season three show pages on the website, and there you'll find the pictures from Amelia and Michaela's Alaskan adventure. Thanks so much to Michaela Hostetter and Amelia Erickson for sharing their remarkable story. By the way, they report that they've been in quarantine mode just like the rest of us and have had to deal with COVID-19, even in rural Alaska. They expect to be back in the lower 48 at the end of May, but let's wait and see. That wraps up this episode. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed through Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our podcast is produced by Cordy Walker, me, Ryan Catherwood, Paige Rollins, Megan Wilson, and the Office of Alumni and Career Services at Longwood University. If you have a story you think would be great for the podcast, please let us know about it. Email career at longwood.edu. See you next time for the next edition of Day After Graduation, Season 3.